Okay. You want me to back up a little bit? I'll back up and I can do a rerun. Okay. Okay, is it coming on? Okay, I should turn some volume no. Okay. How many heard where I'm going? Yes. Shout it out. Micah 2. Verse, I think the number 12, I think. I think I was going to go to 12. Let's see. Micah 2, verse 12. Are you there? Yes. Say amen. amen. Okay. See, down in the south, you can shout somebody down. Are you... I worked in uh, 45 states now, and there we go, I can hear myself. I've worked in uh, 45 states now in 22 nations and lands, and it's, I'm not slowing down yet. Amen. When I turned 70, which was almost four years ago, I said, God, can I have another 10 on the outward mission field? I didn't say at home. And I've refired twice. Amen. Does that give you a little clue? Okay. Amen. This body, this body was disabled out of Vietnam, but guess what? God heals it every day. Amen. Every day. Amen. Are you hearing me? Come on, come on. I'm missing a lot of stuff. There's a lot, you know, I don't go into all that because that's God's business to keep you going. Come on. See, Amen. no matter, see, see, people give an excuse. They say, I got this, this, and that. And I say, well, why don't you start saying you don't? That's right. Why don't you say, I'm healed by the blood of Jesus Christ? That's right. I'm sanctified, crucified, Whatever. I'm blood bathed, blood bought, blood sanctified, blood crucified, blood redeemed, and blood resurrected. I walk in resurrection power. See, the resurrection power that rose Lazarus out of the grave and that rose Jesus out of the grave it is in us. And all you have to do is tap into it, church. Okay, here we go. I'm talking about a radical remnant of people that God is raising up out of the rubble. See? Many of us are throwaway people. I was throwaway until I was 38 years old after my suicide attempt. And then I started having visions. What's a vision? I didn't know. I was scared of, of the things of the devil. My dad was into witchcraft. Come on. He had me prayed over by a straw until I was born. Are you hearing me? I was raised in an abusive childhood. Went to a war and come out of there missing seven and a half body parts in my head. They said I was crazy. But guess what? I tapped into this. Sixty-six books of tapping into. And I said, that's mine. And that's mine. And thank you very much. That's mine. And don't let the devil have it. What's yours? Are you hearing me? The other day I told you to go back to Genesis and take back your destiny. Take back your authority. I'm sorry, your dominion. Take back your dominion and your authority that leads you into destiny. Amen. Tonight, this will lead you into destiny, church. Amen. Say, Amen. Father, Father, this will lead me into my destiny, your word. As long as I do Psalms 119, 105, your word is a light into my feet and a lamp into my roadways. March, march, march. Are you hearing me? Yes. Okay, here we go. In verse number, I think I was going to do verse 12. Are you ready? I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. Jacob is spiritual Israel. Are you spiritual Israel? Are you God's chosen people? You are the chosen Israel of today. Are we having trouble with it again? Okay. Keep going. We are spiritual Israel. Say, I am spiritual Israel. God has chosen me for a time such as this. 
Don't look up there. Don't look back there. Look at the here and now. See, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow isn't here yet. He wants you to occupy till he comes. Yes, James says so. Consider it all joy, my brethren, as you meet the various trials, for you have need of endurance. He who endures to the end will be saved. But the point is, he wants you to occupy today to his fullest. It isn't over yet. A few years ago, oh, by the way, this is Miss Punkin over here. Her name is Susan. We're the Punkin couple. When we're on the road, we're the rolling punkin. Are you hearing me? And don't ask how that happened. See, it's some other time. It just happened, you know? We do a lot of marriage counseling, and marriages are getting healed, and they, they heard us talking and calling each other punkin, so it went all over our city, and now it's all over the world. They call us husband punkin, and I, in, in, in Pakistan and Africa, everywhere. Husband punkin. She's great. She's still punkining, too. So. Okay, verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. Get some feedback here. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. Who is the remnant of Israel? Hold your hands up high. I want to see them all up in this room today. We are the Israel of today. Have you signed on? See? As long as you didn't scratch your nose and you lifted your hand, you were in. You signed up. Be careful with me. I get you to sign up and go to wherever with me as long as the Lord said so. Okay? I see you laughing over there. <laughs> or smiling. Yeah, I, see it, but I talked to her husband the other night. She got all scared. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Sometimes I, I can be a rascal, okay? That's just punkin', okay. Here we go. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Okay, next verse. Is it not for you to know justice? I'm asking you a question because it's coming through here. Is it not for you and I to know justice? See, the Lord is a just God. This system we live in is not a just place to live. Are you hearing me? But don't take things into your own hands. I did until I was 38 years old. And I got worn out and tried taking my life. And God says, that was my life. You can't have it, devil. He woke me up and gave me three visions. I don't know what a vision was. I'm a Kansas boy looking for Dorothy and Toto still. I told you that the other day. Are you hearing me? See, I wasn't the most brilliant. I wasn't the most bright light bulb on the block. Are you hearing me? I was a farm boy. You know? I knew how to, how to fodder cows and milk them and do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I even went to college and that didn't help a whole lot either. <laughs> but the point is, is that I was in college and my mama got sick. My dad had left her. She had a nervous breakdown. I joined the military so I could support my mom and my brother. How many know sometimes you do what you got to do? But God had a plan. I became a PA, physician assistant cardiovascular trained. We were trained probably more than almost anybody. We went to Vietnam and they Rather have us than a doctor for a child in med school because we knew our stuff. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Do you know your stuff in Him? If you do, you'll do His exploit. Next verse, there's number thirteen. Well, no, actually, I didn't get. I'm getting into verse twelve now. Okay. No, He will be. Wait, where did I go? Yeah, verse twelve, two. I'm twelve, two. Okay. See, look at here. I mean, you're in 
I'm in 2.12. I will surely assemble you. I will surely gather the ribbon of Israel. Now looky here. This one just rocks my cage. I will put them together like sheep in the fold. I raise sheep. I raise beef, hunting dogs, sheep, everything. I was in future farming for four years. Them sheep is dumb. I had a sheep named Roscoe, and he was the dumbest thing I ever had. His mama was any, and one day I called him, and I whistled to him. He was a runt. He couldn't do his manly duties because he, he hit a fence one day. And I knocked him out. He flipped over. I go, oh, Roscoe, you're dead. Pretty soon he started kicking, and he was all right. But he weren't too bright the rest of his life. But guess what? He won all the ribbons at the fair. He was my pet. They couldn't figure out how I could take him in the ring with my finger, and he'd follow me around. He'd strut his stuff, and I'd go home with all the ribbons. <laughs> so he wasn't so stupid after all. But see, some of us, we're just flat dumb until God gets a hold of us, and he casts out dumb. Anybody need dumb cast out on tonight? Oh, well, he's good at that. He cast it out of me. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, boy. Okay. Like a flock in the midst of his pastures, they will be noisy with men. Sue, you have a little dissertation on that one. She and I differ on a couple of these things, so just speak it out. What's it mean to get noisy with men? In the Old Testament, whenever they talked about getting noisy with men, when they were ever they were talking about it being quiet or that there was it, there was, it was noisy, whatever, it was when people were pursuing God. Every time I've read in the Word where it said, you know, the the land was quiet or whatever, nobody was pursuing God. But when it started to get noisy, that's when they started praising God and looking and praying and 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 going after God. So if they're noisy with men, that's a lot of people worshiping God and looking for God. That reminds me of a story. You guys like stories? How about Acts chapter number two? Did some people get noisy? Ooh. Remember we talked about that the other night. They were tarrying in a place. I talked to, on Sunday about Jacob being in the, in the desert and it said he laid his head on a rock and he was in a place. You're in a place tonight. You're tarrying in a place. In Acts chapter 2, they were tarrying, and the ones that left, they didn't receive, but the ones that prayed long, prayed hard, and prayed through, they received. Is that an amen? That should be a hallelujah, too, with an amen. Yeah. I'm not real Pentecostal, just a little. Okay. I used to be a Presbyterian. And then I was a Baptist in Vietnam, and then after that I was a rascal for 16, 17 years, and then I became a, I don't know what. They don't even have a label for me anymore, so they lost all their labels. I'm like this young lady. We just go out there and blow in, blow up, and blow out. Is that right? Yeah. And we let everyone around us handle the fallout, huh? No, just kidding. Okay, now this is the punchline, guys. Verse 13. The breaker goes up before them. The breaker. See, the other night I 
or the other day I talked to you about 2 Samuel 5, verse number 17 through 20, where it says David lost his wives and kids and his all his possessions, he lost his reputation, he lost a whole enchilada. Is that true? And it said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then it says he inquired of the Lord. And when he heard from the Lord, the Lord says, you go down to the stronghold. But see, he needed to have somebody backing him. You have all of heaven, all of the angels, all of everything backing you when he tells you to do an assignment for him. David did. And they called that place, I didn't call it out the other day, it was called Belperzum. It's the place of the breaker, the breaker anointing. You've got to have it. But if you look it up in the original language, it means the place of the breaking through the waters. Are you hearing me? You need that. He needed something behind him, just like Gideon needed all those angels. Come on. Mighty men of, of of Gideon. Okay, so here we are. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Have you ever had a gate hold you back? I'm talking about a gate of stronghold. I'm talking about a gate in the spirit. See, see, it says in Psalms number 24. Anybody in here remember Psalms 24? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Are you hearing me? Susan, go on with that. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, I, I, I caught her on this one the other day. I'll be more careful. Uh, <laughs> I catch. She'll be doing one thing, taking pictures, and now I catch her. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, lift up you gates and let the king of glory come in. Is the king of glory in here tonight? Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't have come in here if he wasn't. I'd go down the street and have my own king's glory. Are you hearing me? You don't want to go where he's not. I did it one time. See, the king of... But see, he, he wants to come into your best. But you've got to have clean hands. You've got to have a pureness of heart. There are requirements. In some of these uh, books that we wrote on that table out there, and we don't write these books to bring attention to us, we write these books to help people get free. (laughs) Somebody told me our printers the other day when we just were printing this new one right now, and I'm going to read a couple things out of there in a minute, but our printers told us the other day, they said, Roy, he said, you've got to quit giving your books away. You gave thousands of dollars away last year. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'd like to give them all away. I don't care if I get money for them. They say, well, you better start carrying you all. a thousand bucks. <laughs> well, that's right, I do. We let you slide for a while. I go, whoops. I'm like, Sue, I thought you were keeping track. She said, no, I thought you were. No. So they made me promise this time that I would sell it. But I am slipping a few of my free books. So I already told this lady here, remember? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I let the cat out of the bag. Okay. You what? Oh, oh, you were going to put the... Oh, no. 
<laughs> okay. But here's the punchline, guys. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Why? So their king goes on before them. Who is the king? He is the king of all kings. He's the glorious one. He's the one that's talked about in Isaiah 60 where it says, And the glory of the Lord will shine upon you. Do you take that? Yes. Well, grab my hand. Say, thank you, king of glory. Thank you, king of glory. See, the glory, you will never touch the glory. The man with the ark, he touched it and he was dead. Carry his glory. See, he says, when I do the homeless things, I, I go in jails and prisons and we go everywhere and do all this stuff. And, and, and we, see, I was in a jail way down in Mexico and I was in a jail in the Philippines and the glory of the Lord touches these people behind these bars and they are on their knees and they're just crying and sobbing because the king of glory showed up outside the bar into the bars. And we have them come to the Lord all over the world. When I was in Pakistan, 1,200 one night, when I was preaching to 8,000, they had AK-47s on the stage with me. And in one of the meetings, an emu come in and sat behind me on the couch, and I asked my buddy, I says, why is he there? He says, he wants to hear what you have to say. I broke out in a cold sweat, <laughs> or a hot sweat or something. I said, he says, yeah. I said, you mean if I don't say the right thing, I'll be blaspheming them, all of them? He says, yeah, and we'll all be dead on the stage. So I, is that pressure? Yeah. That's a little pressure. bit of pressure. pressure. Guess what? God had me say the right things. 1,200 come to Christ. This lady in the crowd, and of course the women are separated from the men over there in Pakistan. I heard this commotion. This lady was 60 years old, and while I was preaching, she was a deaf mute, and she got healed just like that. Yeah. Give the Lord a hand. Come on. Yeah. That wasn't me. I can't do this. Sometimes I have a hard time healing a hiccup. You understand what I'm saying? But if I go to Jesus, and all of a sudden he heals my hiccup. You know, have you ever tried to do it on your own? You can't. See? Okay. Okay, now where am I going from here? <laughs> I'm talking about hiccups, right? <laughs> And the Lord is at their head. Say, the Lord is at our head. He is. He's the head. Not the tail. He's the head. Okay? Okay. I'm going to turn to a couple of notes I had. I don't use notes a lot, but tonight, the, the, the Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. this morning. It was a very interesting night I had last night. I had multiple visions from 3 a.m. to 4.30. I saw like a TV set up on the right side of me. He just was downloading, 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 downloading. Now, we don't always get everything he's doing. We, we, we don't. That's why when I go to bed at night, I say, Father, I ask that I have dreams that are not becoming of you tonight that you'll wake me and I said I'll, I'll, I'll reboot those dreams but I said or visions I said but or dreams but I, if, if and then I go on and I say 
I, I pray for a multiplicity of dreams and visions tonight, and you'll give me interpretation. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He does. Sue and I, ever since we've been married for 20 years now, the Lord to- talked to us when we were first married. He says, uh, does my spirit sleep? I says, no. He says, then why, when you're sleeping, don't you feed it? So we played music and worship and teaching in our house 24 hours. It, is it going while we're gone or did you bring the thing? It's, not go- it's going in our room over there right now. Mm-hmm. See, we're, we're not here. We're, the room up there, you go up the room right now, it's clean. Wherever we go, I don't care where we're at, we're playing worship and and the Word. Because see, if the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, and He doesn't sleep, you're missing out on eight hours. Missing out on six hours, seven hours. I don't know what you sleep. Me, I'm getting to be on, mm, my earth suit's getting a little more wrinkled. Sometimes I need just a little more sleep, you know. The other day we got here, Sunday when I ministered, how much sleep did we have? Not much. No. It was, we got in at 2.30. It was about this. I was like, ooh, Holy Spirit, come now. But anyway, are you hearing me, guys? <laughs> See, the thing is, is that God wants us to get to a place where we can have higher expectations. See? Divine expectations. Higher expectations. See, I want to challenge you tonight that some of your expectations are too shallow. Mm -hmm. They're too little. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a serious question. Are there any restless people in here tonight? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking in a spiritual sense now. Are there any restless people in here tonight? Are there any people in here tonight that would like to have more? Are there any people in here tonight that know there's more? Are there people in here tonight that know there's more than enough? Then you're going to have to die some more. You're going to have to have some death, burial, and resurrection. You seriously are. Because until you kill some of the flesh or the Lord kills it for you, you can't go on to a higher place. That's why I'm calling this message tonight in order to have miraculous. You've got to get out of the boat. You've got to get out of the boat. Remember uh, the man who uh, got out of the boat? Shout it out. Who was he? Peter. 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 There were 12 people in the boat, church. In the boat. 12. How many had higher expectations? One. One. What happened to the other 11? They, they ragged on him for the next year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, Peter, you sure are stupid. You been there, done that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. When I first got saved, I got so wild in the Lord. I was in Hawaii, North Shore, and I joined YWIM in Honolulu to go to missionary school, and I'm 38 years old. I'm ro- working with a bunch of young kids, <laughs> and they called me Roy Boy. That's how I got my name, Roy Boy. <laughs> I'm working with these teenagers. <laughs> And I'm out of the street, and we were doing mime and dance, and we were doing all kinds of stuff all over the five islands, you know. I was having a ball of my life, you know, because I was looking for higher expectation. I had had too much of the other. Yeah. 
See, yeah. when you've had the other for so long, you can't never go back. And see, once you've found it, see, you've got to get to a place where these things become real to you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Anybody want something real yeah. tonight? See, you have to understand. See, if you're hopelessly re- uh, restless tonight, see, when I go into the rehab centers and the jails and prisons, I tell them, I said, quit being dope dealers and start being hope dealers. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Quit being dope dealers and start being hope dealers. Mm-hmm. And I said, it'll change your whole life. Right. And we deal with, oh my goodness, do we. We were over by the, uh, we preached in the, uh, one, the, the, the last mission was what? No, we didn't actually get to preach there the other night. We were by Santa Barbara, were we? All over the world, actually. Okay. How much do you want? Mm-hmm. How much did Peter want? Anybody? It's not a trick question. He wanted it all? The whole enchilada? Yeah, he wanted yeah. the whole okay. enchilada. See, God gives you the opportunity yeah. to, to have as much as you want. Yes. Yeah. He certainly does. Isn't that right, brother? <coughs> so it depends on you and I. Now me, they thought I was a little extreme, and that's okay. I tell them they can be healed of that. Are you hearing <laughs> me? <laughs> I do. I do. They get on my case, and I say, you can be healed of that. I was. Pure. I was a skeptic. I was a hard head. I was all those things. You know? The first time they prayed for me in the spirit, I rebuked them. It was a pastor and my best friend, and I spun out with the tires of my car. But guess what? I got hopelessly restless. And I went in my room. I said, Father God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, I said, I am miserable where I am. He says, then... You have to let go. Right. See, we're, we're so macho. I had so much, so much uh, schooling and training in my life. And when I came, he says, give it all up. Mm-hmm. He says, get rid of external distractions, get rid of internal chaos, and give it all up. He told me to give up all self-aspirations. <laughs> that one almost did me in. He says, I said, excuse me, excuse me, um, excuse me, excuse me, sir. What did you just say? He said, I want you to give up all self-aspirations. I said, I've been taught since I was in the hospital in an incubator and, 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 and the astrologist prayed over me because my dad had him do it and my dad was into witchcraft and my dad was devil and he eventually got healed, uh, you know, on his deathbed because my brother and I took care of him and he went off to heaven knowing Jesus just about four years ago. But my devil, my dad was a devil. I saw it in his eyes. He beat my mom, he beat me, almost killed me at 16 years old. I hated him until I was 38. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is, you've got to get to a point where you understand that you give up so you get. John the Baptist put it very well. What did he say in John? Anybody remember John's word? As? As? And and he must increase. Yes. That's a hard one for a lot of us because 
We, we, and he, he isn't going to take all your training all that away. He, he's just going to put it on, on hold for a minute until you get things straight. That's what he did with me. I was appalled. When he hit me that night, I was knocked off my horse of circumstance in Hawaii on the beach. I had become wealthy. I thought I'd missed God. I got home from Vietnam. It was really a mess for all those years, but I had something to prove, so I got wealthy. And I did. I retired at 37 years old. I moved to North Shore, Hawaii with my wife and three kids, bought a dune buggy, played golf every day, and served. I had a sailboat. I was empty. Why am I empty, God? I can't understand this. Why am I empty? I mean, I worked with all the rich people. I used to work for former President Gerald Ford. I had a contract with him. I had coffee with the Secret Service every morning. I worked in Schofield Army Base in, uh, in Hawaii, and I uh, was a civilian contractor. That was after, after the military. I worked with lots of very important people. I worked with movie stars. Lily Pons. Anybody remember Lily Pons, the old mm -hmm. opera singer? Yeah. I worked for her, and she'd bake me cookies every day <laughs> when I was working. She said, come in, Roy. You have some milk and some cookies. I go, what? <laughs> she was looking out for me. Milk and Do you know how old I am, Lil? <laughs> she said, no, you need to slow down. You're washing my windows and doing the stuff. And I, I go, well, that was really cool of her. Remember uh, the flamingo guitarist, Tony Lopez? I worked for him. You know what I had to do for him? Oh my God! He, he had this. I worked in these big old houses. I worked by Bob Hope too. And anyway, <laughs> Roger Crawford's uh, family, and I worked for Oral Roberts. I worked for a lot of them. And anyway, he had this game room, and the birds flew in there, and they sat on his light over the pool table. And guess what they did? <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> 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 But guess what? I raised the price a whole lot. <laughs> I went in there with a mask and rubber gloves and, you know, the whole deal. But guess what? I got the bucks, too, uh -huh. you know. But the point, <laughs> point is, you do what you got to do. But the point is that I was around, and every morning I'd have, <coughs> I worked for Gerald Ford two hours a day. I had a contract with him when he was, after he was president. And uh, I cleaned his pipes. Can you imagine? He had 30 pipes. That was, that was a trip. And then he had that red phone in the bathroom. I had to polish that red phone that called the whatever it was back east. And uh, I'd sit down and have coffee with the Secret Service for 20 minutes. And they'd tell me stories. How many have sat around people that have been with Jesus and they tell you stories about the Master? Can you imagine Peter? After he fell in that water, but he knew he'd walked That's right. on the water and none of right. the other boys would. Mm -hmm. I call him the radical bunch. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the stories he would tell? Mm -hmm. Well, I did it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a wimp. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Come on. There ain't no place for wimps in heaven. Come on. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to say that in my word here, Joshua and Caleb says, be strong, be bold, be, bold. be courageous. Yes. It says in 
Second, in Romans 8, verse 29 or 30, it says, We are more, come on, repeat it, we are more than conquerors in all things, neither height nor depth nor principalities nor things seen or any other angel or anything will separate me from the love of God. See? How many have ever read, I just thought of this scripture, how many have ever read here in, uh, I think it's John 15. I just now remember this. This, 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 or Acts, I'm sorry, Acts 15. Turn over to Acts 15. This one, will, this one here will really get your blood to pumping. <laughs> Acts chapter 15, I think it's verse 26, I'm not for sure. I don't have my Bible marked, so I just have to look it up. The Lord spoke to me and says, I want you to read that. So That's 1526. Now, I'm not sure of it. If it isn't, I'll put my wife on the spot again, and she'll ask Surrey where it's at. No, just, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> What did I say? Verse 26? Uh-oh. Oh, yes, it is. It's, uh, it's verse 26. Are you ready, guys? I didn't have to put Surrey to work, okay? <laughs> she, she talks on Surrey, and Surrey gives us the answer. No, sometimes. Some, I asked Surrey the other day if Surrey loved me, and she says it doesn't compute. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. No. <laughs> I go, Sue, I'm going to just ask her if she loves me. I was mad. <laughs> I thought she'd say she well, Anyway, that's another story. Okay, are you ready here? Oh, Verse 26. Men who have what? Risk. Say that out loud. Risk. Have risk. Their lives. Their lives. For the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. How many here have risked their life for Jesus? It's a requirement. It's not an option. It's a requirement. I showed the pastor here a note the other night that I carry in my wallet. What does that note say? Essentially, because it's to those Arabics, ISIS, if the Muslim was to kill them, that he has died for them and he forgives them for what they've done. And he's believing for their salvation. And if they kill me? And if they kill him, then he's... Uh, I've already forgiven them. Already forgiven them. Exactly. I carry that in my wallet right yeah. here. Because my brother Ipikar over there, he's 40 now. He's the Moses of Pakistan. I call him that. I prophesied it over to 8,000 people. He called me today. He needs money for slaves. They killed three last week. They killed three in the brickyards, and they have wives and children. I carry that in my wallet because the Lord asked me to. Do you know Seth that's over here at the church in May? Yeah, uh, Seth will be here Sunday. Seth was at our church in California recently. <laughs> I did a little rug time. I'm in my home church. I'm not home very much, but I'm in my home church, and, and the Lord just said, I got some business with you, and Seth prayed for me. I went, Bloop, again. I'm on the floor down there. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, I'm ruining my reputation here. No, just kidding. But the point is, is that he, the Lord spoke to me. See, he has business with you, whatever he does. See, I don't like courtesy drops when people get touched by the Holy Spirit. Uh, to me, I'll rebuke you if that ever happens. If it's the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Ghost. But if it's not, then don't do it, because it's your emotions. It's a mind, your will, your emotions, but you're the Holy person, and God don't like that. But the point is, is that, see, God is dealing with us so that we will be willing to what now? Risk, risk it all. 
And what's all mean? All. all means all. See? I don't have to get go there. And I don't know where my time is, so uh, give me sort of an idea. Oh, my goodness. I better speed up. I haven't got to the whole punchline yet. Okay. I like telling stories, so I have to be real. Ask my wife. I get really trouble. She'll say, husband, is this your first, second, or third close? No, just kidding. Okay. And she'll be doing hand signal like this, you know, all these things, gyrations and everything. Okay. Do you want just a touch or do you want an immersion? How many want an immersion? See, in Isaiah 55, it says, Ho! I go into the villages in Africa now, and the women, especially, all say, Ho, Pastor! They got it. They get into the river. They get into the flow. And I say, don't backstroke. Don't dog paddle. Don't whatever. I say, you immerse yourself in that river. See, too many in the body today are drinking Slurpees. And they're malnourished spiritually. And then they graduate to big gulps. And they're still malnourished. And then they go to buckets. And they're still malnourished. But when they go to a river, they're swimming in the river. The river that comes out of heavenly throne of New Jerusalem, which righteousness dwells, coming down the broad waterways and watering the trees of righteousness on both sides. And it comes right down here and it flows through this earth through you and I. So don't block the flow. See? He didn't say get filled. He says get overflowed. If you get failed, there ain't enough for anybody else except you. That's stingy. Is that a word? Yeah, stingy. Okay. Whatever. Now, Peter was willing to get out of the boat. Yes, he was. And I wanted to go to a couple other places of miraculous things, but the one that I wanted to hit the most was, remember Mary? How old was she? 15, 16, somewhere in there? She wasn't very old. See, in the farm back in Kansas, my cousin and his wife, they got married at 15 and 16. You could do that in those days, especially on the farm. Mm -hmm. Today, you'd get put in jail. Can you imagine that Mary had to truck in the miraculous? Because the miraculous came to her and came out of her and Joseph. Can you understand? That's the kind of miraculous I'm talking about. The miraculous when I go to Pakistan and I come home alive and and, and I've been there for 12 or 13 days and God, we have 140 underground churches or or persecuted churches now and when I go to Africa, we have 23 there now and soon I have an orphanage and we have 30 there now And, and I get a small pension for missing body parts and a in Social Security, I gave everything else up to do this work. And guess what? We still travel the world. We just Amen. put a well in over there, 272 feet deep. Amen. How do we do that? It's supernatural. Right. Are you hearing me? You've got to tap into something that's way beyond you. We were blowing the safari like this, preaching in, in Indonesia a few years ago. We, I was going to pull the cross. They said, we'll behead you on the spot. I go, I'm not doing that. I like my head. <laughs> Maybe later when the Lord says. 
So they didn't see the Bibles in the in unmarked cases because we were in doing disaster work. I just got back from Ecuador too doing disaster work. But we're over there and we got our tracks out. We got most of the Bibles out and we blew the shofar up in the mountains. 200 people, 400 people were killed. They were digging them out with bulldozers just like it happened in Haiti. Same thing, mass graves over there. And I go into the, in Philippines the same. And, and I go into those places and I smuggle in Bibles and tracks. Five nations I smuggle Bibles into now. And the point is, they heard this so far. Can you blow that puppy? No. Who can blow it? Come on. Anybody? Who? Come on up here, young man. This this young this young man. I'm gonna take this young man someday someday with me if he can go. Blow it. Just blow it. Get to your spirit. This brought down the walls of Jericho. Are you hearing me? They didn't fall out, they fell in. We blow this all over the world. And when we blew the shafar in Indonesia up on that hill, Al Qaeda came. We didn't know they were up there. And they came with ninja bikes, they came with rocks. And they were hostile. And they almost killed me. My buddy saved my life. They eventually destroyed our van. They rocked us. I'm going to put a, get a t-shirt that says, Come to these countries and get rocked with me. I got rocked in Haiti. Come on. I have another shirt that my friends in, in, in Houston gave me. What's that shirt say? I'm a criminal. In 22 countries. Yeah, I'm a criminal in 22 countries. And I wear this shirt. I go into the bank and they're looking at me like, Are you making a withdrawal? No, I'm making a deposit. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm getting ready here to get to one more place here. I want to get you to a place where prophetically tonight that you're making a difference. I prophesy tonight that you will be able to stand in all adversity. I proclaim, I speak, I declare, and when you read the Word of God, that is prophecy. It says in Revelations, it says the testimony of Jesus in you and I is the spirit of prophecy. Are you hearing me? Every time you speak the Word of God, you're prophesying. When we go into a place, soon I start looking around. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, oh, that one and that one, not that one. Jesus prayed from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. every day. And then he did what it says in Chronicles. The eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro over this earth looking for those hearts rightly disposed unto him. He only did what the Abba Daddy said. Are you hearing me? He didn't wear out because he was God-man. And neither should the pastors and teachers and prophets today. They should not wear out if they do it Jesus' way. Soon I don't wear out. He says, take time out. He says, go to John 15, and he says, rest in the vine. Resting. See? And if it's not bearing good fruit, throw it in the fire and get rid of it. Are you hearing me? Because that's what he'll do anyway. So right now here, and I'm going to read this story to you in in that little thing there. Well, I want you to understand that prophetically, 
as I'm praying these scriptures and putting these things out here tonight, that if your spirit takes them and your spirit takes them as life, they're yours. If they're not, they'll bounce off you, they'll bounce on the ground, you'll go out of here the same way you came in. Bottom line, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm a Vietnam vet that got healed. My neck was broken. My lower back was broken in half. I have all kinds of hardware. When I go through the airports, I always tell them, I might ring your bell's dinghy, you know? <laughs> I say, I think they even put crazy glue in there. They put stainless steel screws bowling up my, my hip here. My head was crazy, and Washington, D.C., I have my records say I'm a permanent reason for having been crazy. <laughs> and then God healed me of that. I gave up a $2,000 a month pension because I got healed. I ain't going to take their drugs no more. Are you hearing me? My knee was shattered. My eye was legally blind at birth. Come on. Do, do I have some excuses? No. Because God is a healer. God is a healer. One more scripture here, and I'm going to read you a little ditty I wrote. Oh, this is something I love. Turn your eyes up. I'm not exactly the best singer anymore, but I sing to Father all the time. He never gets mad. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Come on, sing it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Doesn't that just catch you? I was singing to the kids in Ecuador the other day. We had 40 in this fishing village. They lost everything, and, and I'm in there, and the, Holy, the, the glory of the Lord showed up, and 40 of them got saved, all of them, women, children, everything, just like that in one hour, 40. Just little, came down. See, that's what he wants to do. And if you can stay out of the way, if you get in the way, you're dead. You're either dead, he don't work with you no more, or you're, you know, I'm not going to go there. Okay. And then one more word, and then I'm going to read that story. I know I had a note here. This is my journal. I've journaled since 1981. I can go back. You need to check. If anybody ever gives you a word, write it down. Mm -hmm. Check and make sure. I don't just let anyone lay hands on me. I don't just take every word that comes down the pike. Mm -hmm. I test it. Second Thessalonians 5. Remember, where is it? 17 or somewhere. In. It says, make sure of all things, hold fast to what is fine or good. Now, I want to read this little ditty. Oh, gosh, I have so much more here. Um, did you get anything at all out of this, or yeah. was I too shotgun scattered? No? Okay. See, see, God hits bullseye. He's not a shotgunner. God isn't. I've had shotguns shot at me in Haiti. We've had, we've had all kinds of stuff shot at us. But how many know that God will protect you if he tells you to go? He'll, e he'll even pay the bills. Okay, now listen to this. This is our new book. It's at the publisher right now. This is something I wrote. So should I read them both? Should I read the one on the... Uh, you want to hear the You want to hear the one about the warrior bride? Yeah. I just I just I just wrote this one. Uh, it's called the warrior bride. I, I was uh, I have the pen of a ready writer, Psalms 45. It happened a few years ago. The Lord spoke to me one day, and he says, I have given you the pen of a ready writer. Here's a, here's a chapter called uh, Lobasa. 
let's see, here's one called The Night Under the Mango Tree. That was when I was in Uganda. We had the dead raised in, uh, we had the dead raised in Kenya. We had a blind lady got her eyesight in Uganda, and I had a paraplegic baby hailed in Uganda. We've had every, every healing in the book of Acts happen in our ministry now in the last eight years. I, I, and I'm not trying to boast, because Paul said he would only boast in Christ. But I, when in 1981, God says you will be doing all of these things. All. And I have always believed that. No one could ever tell me they wouldn't. See, I don't need Job's friends. I don't need dream poppers. Are you hearing me? Dream poppers and Job's friends, they kill everything God wants to do in you. And you'll never do it. Because they put a, a blanket on it. Yeah. And Susan, why can't I find where I'm looking for? I'm looking for the I'm looking for the poem and and for the one. Uh, okay. Oh my! I should have been more ready on this. I'm sorry, guys. I oh, apologize. The book is called Continuing in Mission: God's Own Heart. We were asked two years ago by our spiritual father in Hawaii to write this book. And, uh, oh, here it is. Here's the poem, and then I'll read the one about the warrior bride. I was on the way home on an airplane from uh, Pakistan two years ago, and the Lord gave it to me on the plane. Poem by Roy Cipher. What's this all about? This traveling, long lines, trains, buses, cars, and vans, walking and waiting... Preaching, teaching, and reaching, agonizing, travailing, birthing, and wondering. Now, I'm not a poet. I never wrote no poem my whole life. But it just came out. I don't know if the Spirit did it. Many faces and new places. What does it all mean? Camels, tractors, water buffaloes, donkeys, horses, and carts. Sickalos, funny-looking buses and taxis. Strange sounds, sights, and smells. With such wonderment and amazement do I move. Prayers over loudspeakers at 6 a.m. five times a day. Funny-looking hats, scarves, and long dresses and veils. Curious looks and blank stares and concerned eyes. Even looks that make me all shook. What does it all mean? Lands far away and near, many to pray, interpret, and many to hear. Where from here does it all go? Far or near? Thank you, Father, no matter where you are, you are near. Now more planes, airports, train, travel ports, boats, and rushing people all about. Am I able to glean what this is all about? Give me more sense of all of this. Is this all about love? Love that sends us away from all that we love to love another. Yes, Father, make some sense of this kind of love. Will I ever comprehend? Is this too much for me to blend? Do I have this much to give? This I do not know. Yet I am compelled each day to get on boats, planes, and trains and yet go another way. Yes, far away and to yet love another your way. How much longer do I get to love this way? I am continually amazed at your love. Your way, Father, to know you trust me to come and go. To love another for the day. I remember another who was lowered over the wall, yet to preach another day. 
Could this be my destiny to show your love this way? I pray so because so great a love do I want to display. Paul E.D. to Roy Cipher, present day 216. I wrote that. But I really did. It was the heart of the living God. And that's the one I spoke. Do you want to take time for the other little yeah. thing? Okay. Duncan, I wish you were up there to help me. I need your help. I don't know where that stuff is. I thought it was right here. I, I read it earlier. Okay, I'll find it. I'm getting all messed up, guys. I really get messed up out there. I got so messed up in Uganda. They were all they were all Muslims, and I was preaching in a plowed field on an old rickety stage they built, and it was scary. And and I wrote a story about them. It's called "White Men Can Dance." <laughs> Me and my buddy were dancing up there, and they went wild out there. And they're all Muslims, and the kids just were all over the place, and the compassion overwhelmed me. So I dove into the crowd. The pastor's my buddy says, "Roy, are you? Oh, are you okay? <laughs> you know, why would you do such a thing?" I says, the "Compassion of Jesus so touched me. I knew they wanted to touch somebody." So I dove in there, and I landed eventually down on the on the red mud, and I was, you know, ringing wet. You're ringing wet over there all the time. I had a long seat, and I was pure red with the red mud. And I went out in the spirit. I'm laying down there. So the pastor jumped off the stage, and they put me up and laid me on the stage, and they kept preaching while I was out in the spirit. And this paraplegic baby got healed. He got healed. And the next night he was setting up. I don't know how he did that. But I had to touch somebody. That's what he's doing today. That's what he's doing. Okay, Sue, I might be able to find that thing now. So I'm in the technical contest. Surely it's in there, right? Oh, my gosh. What? It's a good place to stay. Maybe it's... I, I know I read it this afternoon. I, I'm not wanting to take up more time, so don't don't think I'm stalling, guys. Uh, Susie, you should have been up here helping me. Oh my gosh. Maybe it's in the oh, it must be in the back of the book now. Remember, it was originally in the, in, in the front of the book. Okay, I think it's the back now. This book just went to the publisher the day we came here. Sue, I can't find it. I'm so sorry. Oh, here it is. He got it. He found it. No, I, I, I just found the other one. This was called The Poem of an African Martyr. Fellowship of the Unashamed. An African Martyr's Last Words. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, Smooth knees and collardous dreams. 
tame visions, mundane talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide unreli- my guide reliable, my mission clear. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I preached up, prayed up, paid up, and stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until all I know to get his own. He will have no problems recognizing me. My callers will be clear, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16. The other one will just have to find why I'm here, okay? Just go ahead and close. I, I, I'm pretty messed up right now. I, I probably wouldn't be able to talk to her anything. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I really love Jesus. All the time. You know, you've heard me reference, you know, Fred Bender singing that song, Lazarus. And all of those that have gone before him around the campfire, Ezekiel, Daniel, Elijah, Moses, all of them. And they're all talking about their experiences. Matthew and some of those talking about Jesus. Lazarus says, I knew him like none of you. He called my name. And I'm looking at this time of family, fellowship, life stories. Sharing in who we are as a family. The heart of the Father. Relationship that He's brought us in. 3,000 miles away. Feels like He's in here forever. See, this is the very thing that Betty spoke about when she was in Arizona. Thousands or hundreds of people at that church in Arizona and the TV cameras on her. She was clothed with the presence of the Lord. It wasn't her speaking, but it was the Father speaking. He sent his son down to claim his family. All the exciting, wonderful things that People fill up their weekends weekends of searching and running and running after and the bless me club and I want more of this and I want more of that. We have all that he has given us and that's life. And so how fortunate we are as a people. I'm not sure if I had spoken this last night. I spoke it to someone because Roy was sharing in the kitchen that uh, Ithacar had asked him if he personally knew anybody that had been martyred. We live in the United States. He just lost three of his closest pastors in the last month were martyred. So we're living in a day and a time that God is just desiring for us to be so committed and given over to him because there's just in this valley alone, we don't have to go to Pakistan. The needs are just as great in this valley. 
And the father just wants to draw his family together. That's I mean Betty talked about in their church where they've prayed over these wipes because the numerous times that that touches a baby's bottom and the opportunity to impart and bring life. Here we are as a people have access every day to be able to minister because the rivers of life, the person of Jesus is inside of us. And so I'm just so amazed because as those that the Lord puts upon our heart to have them come to this time of the feast, most of the time the first thing they do is they send an email and say, what's the topic, what should I be speaking, and what are you asking of me? We figure, well, the way we present it is, is what you're supposed to say, you'll have it by the time you get here. And we've gotten what the Father had to say tonight. Amen? So thank you, Roy. A sincerity of an expression of life. That's who we are. Amen? So Father, we thank you. Roy asked if there was anything that had made a difference that we might be willing to receive. Father, we... Holy Spirit,